Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've discovered from my challenges with ADHD and chemo brain. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now certified productive environment specialist and ADHD productivity coach with well over 20 years of experience in business, office design, and productivity. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, wife, mom of a teen and a cat, and a lifelong geek. I'm old enough now to be proud of it. I've learned that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget our appointments, we can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and fits who we are with our unique brains. I believe that to be truly productive, we need to learn how to be intentionally unproductive. A strange twist for a productivity coach. But hey, I love to ski, sail, and surf. Listen in and learn how to streamline your space and systems so you can be more focused, organized, and have more time to be intentionally unproductive. Hey everyone, Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. We met through a networking group slash business slash sales, Linda Edmiston, and she is a powerhouse. She helps women entrepreneurs develop the strategy and then improve and implement the fundamental back office systems that are the sound foundation that lifts, she's going to tell us about lifts, their business creating ease and automation with legal insurance, financial taxes, and back office systems so that they can make and save more money while spending more time doing what they love, which is working with their clients or maybe doing something else they love in addition to working with their clients. How are you? I'm fabulous. Good to see you again, Catherine. I feel like we're like almost sisters from another mother separated at birth because we're both in the systems world, but your take on systems is incredibly different from mine. And it really works like hand in glove. And one of the great things I enjoy about you so much is you'll say like, did you know you didn't have that? And I'm like, oh, dang, you know, I didn't see that or vice versa. So super fun to have you on. These are our um, May sessions are all going to be about all the things you need in your business to move it forward. So a little less on the whole ADHD thing and a lot more on just business strategies in general. So Linda is a champ around this. So let's start with lifts and what that means and why you invented it. So lifts, I believe, right? We need a solid foundation for our business. So that idea of what lifts your business and I deal with the legal and insurance financial, taxes, and back office systems. So that's five really main areas that I believe get overlooked with a lot of women business owners because it's not fun. (laughs) It's not that shiny. I want to take that marketing class because that sounds intriguing. I want to learn about Facebook ads or speak from stage. And all of that is great. But what I feel like is that's college and maybe even a PhD level. But you haven't graduated from high school yet. You've got to have, you know, a solid foundation to create your business. You really need to have, what is your life like? Because it really makes a difference how you set up your business. If you have a lot of assets, right, you need to have legal protection from day one. 
I was literally at a networking event yesterday and I'm talking to this woman about systems. She goes, oh yeah, so that's what you do, like an LLC and stuff like that. That's what you do when you make like $100,000 more. And I went, oh God, no. <laughs> if you have waited to know you make $100,000 to protect your personal assets and your family's assets, like it is, this is what we forget. It's not like it's my business, but if you're married, it's your entire family's yeah. assets could be at risk. And, and people are just crazy. You know, people just sometimes really, they get upset with whatever you're working with them about. It's their stuff, but then they want to blame you. Right. So that's the why. So my background is finance. I'm a geek. I love tech. I came out of corporate. But for me, it was simple. Like this was the stuff that I set up way before I even had a client. And I thought everybody else did it too. You know, it's funny how, and we're going to, this will morph nicely in one second. So I'm going to hold that thought. When I started my business, one of the first things I did was set up an LLC. And I didn't really know where the business was going to go. And the very first LLC was Avery Design because I was going to go into the design business. So probably a good three or four years before I had my first client, I opened it. And part of the reason I opened it was so that I'd have access to trade stuff, et cetera. So I would be able to go to events and do other things. But the other part was, let me just have it done so it's safe and sound. And I know I have that layer of protection. And then as a designer, as you get more into design, actually very early on, you need some hardcore insurance. So I've always been a big aficionado of having business insurance. What I was about to say was, you know, with that bright, shiny and these ideas and these passions, that's really where we're talking about uh, where you're saying like we're in college or in grad school, that's our genius zone. And I know genius zone is really important to you. And I hate to do this. And we're going to just kind of weave right into it because it's not enough for us to be talented in our genius zone and do our genius zone. We have to have the other things, that foundation, like you said, in place, even if those things aren't our genius zone. And I think most important is now don't think you have to do it all yourself. You know, I, hopefully you're going to be calling Linda. I know I do. I, there's no way that I know every single thing I need to know as a business owner. And it's really important to go to other people. So genius zone. Really important that you don't feel alone because we need that support. We need that accountability. We need somebody who will hold our hand and keep us focused on what we need to do right now today. Because so often we're creatives and we want to go do that other thing. And I want to work on the website. I want to work on my wording. It's like, but well, wait, do you have a contract? Mm. Right. For me. So when you go back to that, I got kind of cut up in the legal part, but you've got to have your finances in place. How are you keeping track of your expenses? You know, are you filing taxes? And I do everything. I help people set up a very low cost ways to track everything in the beginning of their business. Right. But it's all about how quickly can we get you in front of your clients? Mm. That's my goal. So the back office systems helps them really connect with that. Because that genius zone that you're talking about is where you're in, I believe your innate talent and your passions meet. Mm. You can't just be passionate about something. But you have to have that innate talent. And a lot of times we don't recognize our genius zone. And I believe the more you can incorporate that into your business, the more successful you'll be. Because it's where it's natural to it. It's one of those things that you do that you really almost don't value because you think everybody does it. Right. So I didn't find my genius zone with this business, the business systems. 
until after I created my life coaching business, because that was my passion and self-development. And I had done it for myself and changed my whole life and I saw the transformation in my, my client. And that's a passion. But I was also always helping people with, oh, I had a client who was going through a divorce. And so she told me her finances. And I was like, wait, wait, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. Mm. We looked at her finances and her husband was taking $150,000. That was really hers. Because I'm all about what's fair, right? I'm not about taking from somebody, but you know, you get what's yours. Right. And so for me, this finding this genius zone was really, what am I doing? And I always want my clients to be able to focus on their genius zone. Right. And I've got a great exercise for later about how somebody can start to hone it. Because it's not necessarily something you start with. Like you said, you start with design. And now you're working in a, a different area, but you're still using creativity and design. It's just done differently. Right. And, and you so wouldn't have I, known that in the beginning. No, I couldn't have. And, and it's very funny when anyone kind of writes me a check, they want to write it to Productivity by Design, which I'm a DBA. So it's Avery Design LLC, DBA, Productivity by Design. When I came up with Productivity by Design, I was moving towards the field of productivity. And I didn't know if I was going to drop the design piece. And so I tried to come up with a name that would still make sense. Hey, listen, we want to design our productivity, right? Productivity by design. But if I kept that interior design piece or decided I wanted to go back to it, because, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs, we like a lot of different things. We're a little bit multifaceted. I thought I'll leave the design word in there in case. But I never changed the LLC name and I don't really see the need to. I mean, maybe and you don't because an LLC, right? LLC is to do the financial protection, so your right. bank accounts are linked to that. You can have an EIN number with the taxes to lead to that, and your contracts are written from that that entity. Right. However, you can have as many DBAs as you want. So as you change, you change the website. But a DBA is actually, at least in the state of California, is something that it's a legal thing. You file it with your county, and you're saying that I. Linda Edmiston have, and I have Linda Edmiston coaching. I also, for a while, was magic and beam because I was going to be all transformation. Before I had a business, I bought all these DBAs to go with my LLC because I did what you did. I have assets. I don't want to lose them. I had a corporate job, so I wanted to protect it. So I had my LLC. And it's interesting because it's okay. Now, the easier it is, right? Like in your case, you actually did your LLC with your name. Mine has my last name and Mr. Enterprises. But I wanted something that could encompass whatever I was doing in the future. But that's not necessary because your website is not that. My website is not my DBA or is not my LLC. Right. And it doesn't have to be. And I think that's one thing people get so caught up in with like, well, I don't know what the name this is. Some of that is where I come in of, You don't need to figure out things that you're not ready for. Right. We do what you need now and we'll slowly build on it to move you forward. Got it. Got it. And it's interesting as we're talking about all this, the date we happen to be recording is the April 13th. And yes, I know this is a May episode, but as I'm sitting here and we're talking about all this, the thought that came to my head that I almost need to write down is, we have the opportunity as small business owners, if we want to put money aside for, um, like an SEP, I think that's what they're called. I get a lot of these initials wrong to put aside up to, I think it's about $7,000. And I wanted to do that this year. (laughs) So I'm sitting here thinking, don't forget to write the check for the 7,000 because I got two days left to do it and get it deposited. 
Yeah, and if people don't know what an S and P is, what you're right, talking about you. is a, it's a, uh, it's for self-employed people. It's an IRA that your company, and this is another reason why you want an LLC, is because you're a legal entity. Then that company opens up an IRA, and you, because you're also the owner and the employee, technically, you get to fund that IRA. And I believe it's actually more of a percentage. So I think it's actually you could put more than seven thousand in. Yeah, I'll find out. And you get a tax break off your taxes. So it's a win-win. And it also, you know, this is where making, this is one thing I think I'd like to share, which I don't really talk about is you got to remember about your business. It's all about making a net profit, right? Bottom line is what we care about. And a lot of times as business owners, we're always so busy trying to find deductions. We forget that it's your net income is what you pay. And yes, it thinks you're going to pay your 15.3%. Medicare and Social Security taxes, but that's why you get Social Security. Like as you are a business owner, it doesn't preclude you that when you retire, having some Social Security because you made profit that you put into the system for. And because you have that, you pay that, but then you also have the opportunity to fund IRAs, just like if you were at a company. And there's as you grow your company, there's more money for you to do these different things that will help you long term. And not to just to, so many owners have actually hurt themselves financially by trying to get down to like, oh yeah, I only made, you know, I was $10,000 because it's all ex- all expense and one, you may be lying. Don't lie on your taxes. That's a bad plan. Don't lie. <laughs> Don't lie. And it also yesterday, again, a great networking group that I was with, eWomen Network was awesome. And this woman was saying her, she was trying to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And her person, her real estate person, lender, actually told her not to, to file her taxes without any expenses. So she would look like she made a whole lot more money. So she could qualify for more stuff or a higher loan. And I was like, A, one, that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And she's like, yeah. And it ended up, her, she filed her taxes and she owes $16,000. And I was like, and she's like, I'm refiling my taxes. Oh, I bet she <laughs> is. And because then it's, you know, what, as we talk through it, because of my finance brain was really, you don't want to qualify for something you can't afford. So if you, that those expenses you spent money for. So if you're saying you made a hundred thousand dollars, but really at the end of the day, you made 10,000, you don't want to buy a house, (laughs) but you know, you buy any big purchase based on this lie of like, where'd the 90,000 go? It's not in your bank account. Right. And so it really showed me that our goal is to make money as quickly as possible. And that's what I think my you know, working on your foundations does is you get yourself safe, you have your contracts, you but because you feel confident when someone says yes to your offer, you will actually raise your prices. Right. Which means you make more money, but when you don't, if you're saying I'm going to do this and I'm going to charge $100, and because I charge 100, I don't need an LLC. I don't really, you know, what can they sue me for? Well, more than 100, just so you know. But you Your kind house. of have this mindset, right? Is like, well, I'll only lose $100. I don't need to spend the money. Well, if you have a contract and you feel confident in that and what you're offering and you go, okay, it's $5,000 to do this thing. You have the backup to charge $5,000 for that. Where before you were really underselling because you weren't protected and you know it. Right. Right. And that's you just have a hobby then. Right. You might as well just volunteer your time if you're not wanting to make 
profit in your business. Right. Expensive hobby. Right. Oh, really expensive, right? <laughs> I think it's important to take a look too as you're starting out. And we talked about a lot about this when we were working with um, Liz Detterer, which is how we met, is setting up your business, you know, starting off using as many free things as you can. And I'm going to say with one exception and one caveat, which is not free on the legal, not free on the financial. Don't go find your cheapest legal thing. For me, my first contract I purchased, so I was an interior designer. So I purchased it from NCIDQ. It was probably a hundred dollars to buy the contract. And, you know, it had been designed by lawyers in the interior design trade. And then I went to a lawyer and had them review it. So probably it was $100 to buy the thing and then $300, now it would be more, to have someone review the legal contract. If I'd had them create the contract from scratch, that could have been a couple thousand dollars. So there are creative ways to do it, but do them in the way that keep you safe. And you may or may not get the best results from just grabbing a contract in and off the internet for free. Get what you pay and you for. do have to do exactly what you do. That's exactly what I have my clients do. I'll find, we have, I have templates. I have access to a lot of different templates for different industries. Right. And I actually teach them, like, what do these sections mean? Why are you having this in here? And once we, we have tweaked it based on your information, then it's now we're, you're taking that to your attorney to have them review it and put in the caveats for your state because every state is different. I live in California and legally in my contract, I have to have a paragraph around in case we ever want to record a session, which a lot of times we do want to record it because it's like we might be strategizing where they're wanting to go with their business. And when you're in the flow of conversation, ideas pop. Oh, yeah. I had to have it in my contract because in California, you must have them sign off that they understand that there's the possibility, right? Because it's always written in possible terms, (laughs) possible that we might record it and they cannot use it against me in a court of law, right? I want that in writing. So they're like, yeah, but you said that thing. It's like, well, you took it out of context, right? right? If you imagine a recording, if you took two sentences out, that's why we have all that (laughs) real TV, reality TV, but you could really have it hurt you. So it's like, that's why a lot of people don't record things because they're like, well, I don't want to have it recorded, except I like it in my contract because there is so many softwares out there that your client could technically record you and you don't know it. Right. Absolutely. So it's like, I want it in writing, but I wouldn't have no idea. That was not in the coaching consulting contract that I had found online years ago because I got it from somebody who was in a different state. (laughs) Right. And on mine, because I'm a coach now, and I may have to submit a recording for the purposes of being evaluated as a coach, I have in my legal contract, you're going to be recorded and I might need to use it. And here are the purposes for which we use it. So it's very clear cut that it wouldn't be like I took the, I mean, I'm like safeguard crazy and I have everything in Dropbox and the recordings are separated and even my virtual admin can't reach them. Like it's really like firewall upon firewall so that people's private information doesn't get out there. But with this one caveat that's written in the contract, which says it's possible that I may need to submit this to the International Coaching Federation for certification purposes. And they're hardcore. 
it's interesting. International Coaching Federation has very, very strict rules around what you can and cannot do as a coach and what they can and cannot do. So I think it's very reassuring. I, I find it at least if someone's got that in their back pocket to be able to say, I'm aware of the rules of the organization I represent and I will follow them. That's about the trust, right? right? And you know, trust, there is this idea of trust is more complicated than people think. Mm. You know, it really is trust that you're going to have, you're going to have care for me, right? So you want your, your, our clients need to understand that we are looking out for their best interest. And it also includes that idea of the, the person's reliable. Both parties have to kind of have this trust connection of reliability. The expertise is there that you can trust that and that you can trust things like that, that, that soft currency, like I'm protected in ways that I don't even know that I need to be protected. Mm. The more we can set up this very clear, this is why we have a contract. And, you know, some people in the beginning will, you know, hesitate about having a contract, I think, as a new business owner, because they're like, yeah, but I don't want, you know, it's, you know, mine is like six or seven pages, lots of legal ease. And I also have like summaries at the bottom that you initial so that it's more layman language. Right. But they might go, I don't want a contract because then I have to express this to a client. But the truth be told, when you actually sit them down and say, well, this is because we want to have this trust. Right. And in order to have trust, we need to have boundaries. We need to have what the rules are, what we can do, I can do, you can do, what's going to happen with the information. And by doing that, it really is a collaboration of the contract. Right. And when you make it clear, and you explain the contract, they could feel safe in that. Right. I think that's really important, the trust factor. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, we've spent a ton of time, believe it or not, on all the sort of lifts portion of this and very little time on the genius zone. So I want to jump over there and spend some time there since you said you have this amazing exercise to share with us. Perfect. So we'll take a step back. And we we said earlier about it's the innate talent and your passions meeting. A lot of times we can't see it for ourselves because it is so natural. Right. It's those things that you think are easy. You know, we have to say, if you actually go, what's really easy for me? And do you say things like, oh, it's easy for everybody else? That's the area that we take for granted. And it's also an area that we might geek out on. I love that word that other people don't enjoy as much, right? <laughs> we get excited about it. And when I'm talking about all this stuff for my business, I, you know, a lot of people are like, blah, 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 blah. But I'm excited about it. But you don't really find your genius zone by like sitting around and like meditating on it because it is so you, like it is so part of who you are. You really don't notice it. But if you start to think about what do you do for your friends and family? Like what do you, projects do you volunteer for? Those are kind of hints about your genius zone because nothing's wasted at all. Whatever we do in life, we will use that 
information later. But it's so different. When I went from life coaching, which I'm so passionate about, and really started doing a lot of the business coaching for my friends, my coach friends, just I'll do a website for you. I'll do a scheduler for you. Yeah, I I gave a talk on trademarks, all for fun. (laughs) (laughs) And but really, when it comes down to it, once I really had the the awareness and had feedback that this is where I should be doing. So asking for this honest feedback is going to be our exercise. I'm going to walk you through a couple questions that you can ask. I would suggest here's let's just get into it. Is First, make a list of five to 10 people that you know. You want work people, friends, neighbors, maybe uh, networking events that you like, you're in organizations. You really can't, you can ask your family, but remember they're not as biased. They have a bias, right? And also, sometimes when we hear something from our family, we reject it. Right. Like, sure. They compliment you, you go, yeah, whatever. Somebody else says it and you're like, oh, thank you. Right. But in just the way the human mind is, it's perfectly fine. But you come up with a list of five to 10 people and you're going to ask them really two questions. The first question, you ready? How would you describe my energy when I enter a room or when you're in my presence? Mm. Now, describing that energy is important because it's kind of your way of being. And that way of being actually is important in your business. So the feedback I always get is like, I'm fun, I'm energetic, I'm supportive. People like it. Like the room can light up when I show up. Nice. You're not Debbie Downer, Linda? No. Fully kidding. At all. Can you imagine? I pictured you as Debbie Downer. No. But I mean, hearing it, it took me again, you get this back, you have a big enough feedback from people. And at first you're like, yeah, 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 whatever. I don't see the value in that. But truth be told now, it's like, no, that is what the reason why somebody would choose me over somebody who is also doing your basic office back office systems is because I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make sure that you're heard and you're seen and you understand. So you walk away feeling educated and empowered. Right. If you don't have that energy, someone could, we're just going to do this now. Let's do this thing. Do the number. You're going to leave maybe with the same thing, the same system set up, but you're not going to feel empowered. You may feel talked down to. You're not going to just have fun. And business needs to be a lot more fun than we make it. True. So when you think about you, what what do you think it would say about you for your energy? I was going to ask you the question. (laughs) I'm pretty energetic. I would assume. I think sometimes I can be a little bit of house on fire, but maybe that's just my perception. I have no idea. What would you have said? No, I, 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 the same thing. I think this is why you said like, we are like sisters from another mother is that you do have that high energy, but also the dedication and the willingness to really do what your clients need from you. Right. right? And it's and beautiful. I care about them so much. It's right. just so fascinating to me to see how invested I've gotten. And I run, um, on a, as a side thing, I run a networking collaboration kind of mastermind type group. And I'm so invested in the people in that group. And if the least thing goes wrong, I'm on, a, on the phone. Hey, everything okay? Did that work out? And a guy who always comes, never misses. I emailed him today. I said, I listen, happy Passover. We missed you this morning. Hope everybody's healthy in your family. And he writes back, we're in the Dominican Republic. And I'm like... <laughs> 
I hate you. <laughs> You're I didn't write that back. But I thought, good, good for you. But, you know, he's just, you know, you notice and you have people in your life and you're connected with them and they matter, you know, and, and I think that's part of me. They right, matter. That's who you are. So that when you get this feedback about what is the energy that I am when I enter a room or when you're in their presence, right? That key piece really helps you because in your marketing, you're talking about those things that I care, that I am your number one supporter. I'm going to be your number one cheerleader. And I'm also going to tell you kind of like it is when you're, when you need it. So then we go to question number two is when have you seen me at my best? What am I doing? What am I, how am I being? And what am I saying? Right. And you put these two questions out in an email to them. You know, you don't want to post it on Facebook because then you're just going to get random people. You really want to make an effort and to make it, you know, you never want to waste an opportunity to talk to someone, right? You can call them and say, Hey, I just got two questions. I want to send you an email. Can I send these to you? You can catch up, right? And then most people are like, absolutely. And you say, I'm wanting to learn more about what my genius zone is, right? And so you're going to, again, go back to your two questions. How would you describe my energy? And when have you seen me at my best and specifics? And if somebody, and it allows you then when somebody gives you some feedback, maybe you want to call them up and get some deeper understanding, right? right? And the more you can do that, and it does take some effort on your part. And it also makes you, we don't like to ask for help as women, right? But this is something that is really powerful. When we ask for help, our life can get so much better and so much easier. So true. Right. And so this is a good exercise because you're not trying to sell something, right? We're not doing it. We're asking for help and you're going to take all this information in. And then when it clicks, right. And as you have the conversations, what for me was when you see my best, they're like, oh yeah, when you're, yeah, we love the transformation, especially, you know, I, I went to back back to past clients, also another good place. And they were like, oh, this was great. I love that you know, the transformation on the life coach. And they're like, but man, you saved my life when you did this with the finances. Or you know, I didn't even think about that I should be thinking about this you know, for my business. Thanks for making me not get a trademark because I wasn't at all needing a trademark. I needed a copyright. Oh, right? yeah. So hearing that and hearing that and then expressing it to like a coach friend or someone else they were able to reflect back to me like, Linda, you're a business coach. You really should focus on the business aspect and life coaching, like, because we're all human, it comes up, but focus on this piece that you do better than most people. Right. You can set them up. You can get the systems in place. You're able to set up like calendars, right? That give you the right connections and the right assessments forms. And you get a hundred percent of people show up on your calls, right? I met somebody that said they've been in business for 10 years and they got 50% rate on their sales calls. You're missing 50% of the people. You're not even getting to talk to them. Right. And they were like, well, yeah, I don't send them reminders. They're adults. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but we're all really busy adults yeah. and we need to have reminders. You know, I do things where you get text reminders and email reminders because I can't, automated. I don't know who you are. And they're, they're automated, automated, right? Holy crap, I mean, we right? Don't, we, you, you set it and you forget it. And done. Right. And you can have assessments in there, right? If certain calls, you're going to have assessments. Other ones, you don't. What do you want to send after? Like, what's your thank you? Do you have something that goes out automatically? Do you have 
feedback, like, hey, asking for feedback or asking for, hey, here's on my coaching calls, I automatically have the link in there. Thank you, because I'm still going to thank them. And here's the link. Sign up for your next, our next session. I need it to be easy because I want everyone's life to be easy. That's my goal, right? And so when we do these systems right, you save money in the long run, right? Not being sued will save you a whole lot of money. And when you have contracts and you have the systems in place and you know how to collect money and you have it done correctly, you'll charge more because you can get more because A, you're more professional and your confidence is higher. And then you save money in knowing like in the education, like when we're working together is like, what is your marketing path? We'll talk about it. I am, I am not going to help you with your social media. I'm not, that's not my job. Right. I like the systems. And then when you're ready at that point, you'll know you start to work with clients and that hones in what your message is, that hones in who you should be working with. And then kind of college stage, right? You've done your business for a little while. Then you can say, oh, I think I really want to do podcasting. I really want to write a book. I want to speak from stage. What is your marketing technique? But you can't do it before you're ready. Yeah. Because then you just spin your wheels, spend a lot of money, and then feel frustrated because nothing happened. Well, nothing happened because if they say yes, you may just be like, well, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll set them a PayPal link. Right. That's not enough. No. <laughs> Right? How many hours do you waste going back and forth with emails trying to set up a time to have a conversation with somebody versus just saying, here's my link, here's my calendar, jump on it, find a time that works for you. I've already got meetings lined up for, well, this is coming out in May, but you know, again, we're recording in mid-April. I've got meetings lined up for next month because that's when my next availability is. And people will do that. They'll get on, and but they're going to get the automated reminders, right? So they'll know, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully they'll know in spite of these. Sometimes sometimes people miss them, even though they get the reminders. Right. I always kind of crack up at. But, you know, people are people. They have stuff going on. Exactly. Productivity pointer. I always wrap up every show. What's your favorite strategy? You probably have 110. Oh, I know. Good luck choosing one. So I would say block off your time, right? As hard as it is. And I still struggle with this because you want to be available all the time for everybody because maybe this person needs you on a Monday. The more you can block off at least, I would say four hours really. Yeah. And really concentrate on whatever that block is for. Is it working on your business? Is it working in your business? Right. The truth is, though, if you would spend the time in that block of time, and I'm sure you have, you might be two hours. I'm not sure what the perfect block of time is. Everyone's but if different. You stay focused on that one thing, knowing that, okay, my next, even if it's an hour, the next block is emails. But right now, I'm only working on looking at my systems and making sure everything's working correctly. I mean, that's an important thing to do is tweak everything so that you don't, somebody can't go to a link and find out they hit like a 404 website error. That makes you lose credibility. So everything you do, if you could block it out, I think would really, it's always going to help your productivity. I have no meeting Friday. I have a good friend who calls it no meeting Thursday. That's the day he doesn't have meetings. And once in a while, I'll let one sneak in Friday morning super early. But Friday, it's not to take the day off, although that would be nice. It is (laughs) to work on the business and get things done. And then each month I have a project. 
What's the project? What's the goal for this month? What's the one thing I want to build in my business to move it forward? And then those Fridays are spent building the thing. And if you don't block the time off, you'll never do it. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. Because you'll get an hour here and an hour there. And so I think, and I'm saying this going, okay, and I'm going to go back and revise my calendar even more and block off more time purposely and try to organize what I'm doing when. Because I looked at my calendar this week and that's actually been my, my issue. I have lots of client stuff and podcasts and networking, and all of it is so mixed together. I was like, I don't actually have enough block of time to actually get something done right. that will move my business forward. Because we always have to be doing both sides, working with our clients and moving the business forward. Unquestionably. How can people find you? Because obviously, are, they are going to need your services. They can go to my website at lindaedmiston.com. And it's E-D-M-I-S. T-O-N.com. There's no N in the middle. And I also have a free gift on my website. Great. So I'm offering uh, a website review. I'll go through your website and, you know, usually three to five things that can make it more efficient or links that are broken. Because like you said, that's one of my genius zones is really can see and edit what other people miss. It jumps out at me. So I will help you wherever you're at, make it a little bit better. Thanks so much. That's amazing. Thank you for coming on today, Linda. I, we, we went way over time because it was all so amazing that I couldn't stop. <laughs> I enjoyed it too. This is great. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.